Welcome to Coffee with the Doc, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Glenn Schaefer, a practicing chiropractor with over 30 years experience helping people just like you with natural, holistic healthcare and lifestyle change. Dr. Schaefer is the creator of The Vibrant Lifestyle, a wellness program designed around six fundamental principles that when applied to your life will result in remarkable changes. Again, welcome to Coffee with the Doc, and here's Dr. Schaefer. Thanks for tuning in. Last week I gave you an overview of my Vibrant Lifestyle Program, which consists of six time-tested principles to optimal health. Proper exercise, proper nutrition, proper rest, proper mental, emotional, spiritual well-being, proper structure, and purging toxins. Each of these principles consists of numerous topics, which will be covered here on Coffee on the Dock. Underneath each one of them, there's a whole list of things that we're going to cover from week to week to week. Each topic, I'll be be demonstrating some of the benefits of that particular topic and some ways that you can specifically follow that so that you can be working towards your optimal health. My belief, and and really the belief of many uh, researchers as well, is that for you to achieve optimal health, you must work all six principles. I used a wagon wheel as my example last week, where the spokes of the wheel represent the six principles that I just mentioned. If you're weak in one or more of those principles, it's like having a weak spoke on your wheel. The whole health of the overall wheel, or the strength of the entire wheel, will be impacted by those weak spokes. And guess what? You can't compensate or overcompensate in one area or one principle to make up the difference in another. So today we're going to dig into what a proper exercise program looks like. This will be a little different for everybody, even though the goal may be the same. Just about everybody can do some form of exercise. And the bottom line is our bodies have to be utilized to have the best chance of staying healthy. So if we're not using it, we're losing it. That's right. Every aspect of our body, every system of our body is designed to be used. When it's not being used, it cannot be optimally healthy. So here's some reasons for exercising. I found this in psychology today, a whole bunch of points, and obviously there's uh, many, many more. But exercise builds aerobic power, aerobic capacity of your body's ability to kind of get oxygen or air into all of the different tissues and cells of the body. So it builds this aerobic power. In other words, your body has a better capability of getting oxygen where it needs to be. It also reduces your blood pressure. That's a big factor for a lot of folks. Blood pressure issues are one of those top 10 health conditions I talked about last week. Uh, Number three, it lowers type two diabetic risks. Type two diabetes, diabetes is your body utilizing glucose properly. So as you exercise, it improves your body's ability to mobilize and metabolize glucose. Number four, it helps your immune system function at its best. Your immune system helps fight off toxins and infections in your body. Number five, it reduces body fat. Uh, Your body mass index typically lowers as you get into and stick with an exercise program. Exercising speeds up your metabolism, in other words. Number six, helps keep your bony skeletal system strong. Bones, when stimulated, through proper exercise, help to lay down more calcium and they're stronger. That's why folks that get bedridden, especially if they're an elderly person, they get bedridden for a period of time, their bony structure can get very brittle and they very easily fracture a hip. Number seven, it helps build muscle mass. Just read a study that showed muscle mass was very significant if someone gets cancer. Having adequate muscle mass seems to help them overcome their cancer. It improves improves breathing. In other words, it helps get oxygen out of the air 
better. Number nine, it boosts your overall energy. Your systems are working more efficiently when you're exercising properly on a regular basis. Every system in your body utilizes energy to function. So if they're working more efficiently, you need less energy to keep all of those things go going. And consequently, you have overall increased energy. Number 10, risk uh, improves your risk of arthritis. A lot of people uh, overdo it with exercise. They pound their joints and their bodies, and they can heighten the risk of exercise. So proper exercise is very, very important. I like to focus on stretching and flexibility type exercises as well as some resistance training. Uh, number 11, it can improve your sex life. That's going to be a, a big one. Number 12, helps you to sleep better. Number 13 and 14, it helps your mood and lowers anxiety. A lot of folks uh, have trouble with depression, anxiety. Exercising regularly improves those functions. And exercise can really be fun, believe it or not. Absenteeism from work and school is lowered in individuals that are exercising regularly. Um, number 17 and 18, it boosts your memory and helps improve your intelligence. Two real important factors, I think, for all of us, those that are, that are working, uh, moms, stay-at-home moms, students, guess what? Memory and intelligence are improved with regular exercise. It lowers your overall risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. Well, that kind of goes with the last two, improving your memory and intelligence, but it lowers your risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. That's a, a pretty... Uh, <laughs> involved list there but it's a win-win situation when we are exercising regularly but i must uh, warn you here's uh, some some warning signs on just jumping in and starting an exercise program i highly highly recommend that you get a complete physical from your family doctor or your primary care doctor uh, this will determine if you are at a risk factor for physical exertion but it'll also give you some baseline figures. Uh, blood pressure, pulse, weight, cholesterol, blood sugar are some of the measures that typically are conducted on a complete physical. Uh, you might also get uh, your your overall strength kind of measured, body mass index, your circumference of waist and different areas of your body. Forced vital capacity is another one. Um, so these, these measures are considered kind of markers to overall health. So we get those at the beginning with a complete physical, you know, having uh, uh, the complete blood work done as well. Uh, once you have all of those markers completed, uh, you have a, a good starting baseline so we can later on measure some of those things and see how you're progressing through your exercise program so that's not rule number one get a physical and record your baseline vitals very very important along the same lines if you have an injury uh, let's say a musculoskeletal type of injury or issue that you are aware of for example a knee problem a, a hip injury a shoulder issue back injury neck injury don't start exercising without first consulting again uh, your primary care doctor or a chiropractor while the right exercise might be just what that area needs to improve. The wrong exercise can and cause an increase in that or a worsening of that particular problem. So rule number two, don't exercise through an injury without guidance from your doctor. That's real, real important. I'm a chiropractor. Uh, and I probably have a different take on what proper exercise program should look like and what you should be accomplishing than, let's say, uh, maybe a personal trainer at the gym might tell you. Because I see an awful lot of people that hurt themselves, that's right, exercising. In the name of trying to do something good, they end up injuring themselves. Most of the time, it's, it's not because uh, there's an issue with the equipment 
uh, individual or maybe the trainer uh, has continually increased some component of the exercise program. For example, the weight, the distance, the speed, continually increasing that where at some point uh, something breaks and it's not the equipment, it is you. Uh, most forms of exercise do put some form of stress on muscles and joints of your body. So there's always a risk of some injury, uh, but the many that I see could have been prevented. In my opinion, uh, the last thing that you want to do in the name of exercise is get injured. Once you're injured, your ability to continue exercising may be partially limited or completely eliminated. If that happens, if you have to stop exercising for a period of weeks or months, you'll lose any progress that you've made. Exercise physiologists have determined uh, we lose muscle strength, mass, uh, vitality six times faster than we gain it. Doesn't seem like it makes sense to me. And that's one of the things I'm going to ask God when I get there someday. Why is that that we lose muscle strength six times faster than we gain it? So therefore, uh, I recommend progressing with exercise rather slowly, probably way slower than most people think that they should. So I guess this is uh, rule number three as far as uh, an exercise program. Start slowly and progress slowly. The goal of any exercise program is to get you moving and to use as many muscle groups as possible. That's why it's helpful to have different activities in your exercise program. In other words, mixing it up, not doing the exact same thing all of the time. Uh, the more you mix it up, the more different muscle groups get involved. And even some of the same muscle groups you might be utilizing in one activity, even though you're utilizing them in another activity, it's utilizing them a little bit differently, a little different angle to it. And it works that muscle in a more rounded way. So proper exercise program. Here's some things that you should have in your exercise program. Uh, endurance, strength, flexibility, and balance. Let's take a look at each one of these uh, real quickly. Um, endurance involves getting your heart rate up to what's called a target heart rate for 15 to 20 minutes, three or four days per week. Well, you might be wondering, what is a target heart rate? Well, target heart rate is a specific age-based heart rate that has to be maintained during exercise to ensure optimal cardiovascular function. Sounds like a mouthful, but simply put, it's when your heart is working hard enough to get some, some good use out of it and to improve its fitness, but not too hard when it's working inefficiently. Your heart can actually get beating too quickly and it becomes a very inefficient muscle and it does not increase the oxygenated blood to areas that it, that it needs to. So what is your target heart rate? Your target heart rate is 55 to 85% of your maximum heart rate. Hmm, well, there's another term. What is your maximum heart rate? It's an estimate, and it's 220 beats per minute minus your age. So let's say you're 40 years old. 220 minus 40 is 180 beats per minute. So our target heart rate is going to be 55 to 85 percent of 180, which is between 100 and 155 beats per minute. So really, if you kind of pick the middle of that range somewhere, a good target heart rate for you would be around 120 to 130 beats per minute. So if you're younger than 40, your target heart rate is going to be a bit higher. If you're over 40, it will be a bit lower than the 120 to 130 beats per minute. And you know, if you're in fairly decent shape, maybe you've been exercising and, and doing some things, then you kind of go to the higher end of that range. Um, if you haven't had much exercise, you'd go to the lower end of that range. So your target heart rate is where you want to keep your heart rate while doing your cardio 
fitness. For best cardio results or endurance, stay in your target heart rate for about 20 minutes, at least three to four days per week. You can do really any exercise you want, walking, hiking, biking, swimming. Um, it doesn't matter. I recommend, highly recommend staying away from high impact exercises like running. And I know that's going to raise the hair on the back of some individuals, but high impact exercises increase your chance of degenerative joint disease. It's great exercise. I used to love running uh, and I used to run all the time uh, for years and years I don't run anymore to check your heart rate and we need to do this while you're exercising to know if you're at your target heart rate so I highly recommend getting uh, something like a Fitbit that you wear on your wrist there's a number of different watches uh, even I think the um, but it, it'll track a lot of your vital information the Fitbit and others will do that but it'll also give you your heart rate instantaneously while you're exercising. If you don't have a Fitbit, uh, simply press your fingers, take two fingers, press them near the edge of your Adam's apple, kind of back towards your throat with the, the palm side of your wrist towards your throat. You should be able to feel a pulse right by the edge of your Adam's apple. Count 10 to 15 seconds and how many beats occur in that. Uh, so if you count 10 seconds worth of beats, you multiply that number by six. If you've counted your heart beats for 15 seconds, multiply it by four. So if there's 12 beats in 10 seconds, uh, your heart rate will be 72. If there's 18 beats in that 15 seconds, your heart rate is still 72. Does that make sense? Hope I didn't uh, make that too complicated. Second aspect of a good exercise program is strength. Strength involves maintaining and improving muscle strength or mass. Every joint of the body has muscles that cross that joint space. These muscles are for moving the joint and stabilizing the joint. So joint health is dependent on healthy, strong muscles around that joint. Remember I mentioned initially if you have a musculoskeletal condition, shoulder, back, neck, whatever it is, you need to be under the guidance of a knowledgeable healthcare professional, be it your primary care doctor, a physical therapist, or chiropractor, and trying to exercise that particular area. Keeping muscles strong, what we have to do is put some resistance through the full range of motion of that joint. This can be done with equipment, uh, body weight, or banding, which are kind of like large rubber bands. As, as you age, I recommend increasing the number of repetitions and decreasing the amount of weight you're using in resistance training. So I do a, a number of exercises such as squats with no weight or simply holding a weight to my chest or to my sides while I'm doing that. I also do push-ups and crunches utilizing the concept of body weight. So I don't necessarily do a lot of weight training. I do some banding exercises for shoulder range of motion to help keep those strong. The same thing with some of my lower extremities. There are three main muscle groups I recommend working on. If you know you're not going to have a tremendous amount of time, number one is lower extremity, number two, core exercise, and number three, upper extremity. Really, uh, I go with the lower extremity and core exercises. If I could only do two of them, work the bigger leg muscles and your core, which your core stabilizes your spine. So it's a real important area to focus on. So number one, we have endurance. Number two, we want to work the different muscles groups of our body in as many different ways as we can. In my Vibrant Lifestyle program we work through and give you some very specific uh, exercise routines that cover a lot of these muscles that you can do them very very quickly. Number three flexibility. Uh, once a joint loses its flexibility the health of that joint deteriorates rather quickly. 
Therefore, keeping a joint moving and flexible is a priority. Most people kind of neglect this aspect of their exercise program. But there's a lot of uh, different routines out there from uh, yoga, for example, is a, is a very good one. I hear a lot of different yoga classes where people are stretching or stretch classes. But the goal is to put every joint of the body through its full range of motion frequently enough to keep that joint healthy. As a chiropractor, uh, my shoulder joints get an awful lot of wear and tear. I stretch them thoroughly every day, multiple times per day. I do my hips as well. I stand on my feet all day long. I do a lot of pushing. Uh, you know, So those two areas, extremity joints, get a lot of wear and tear for me. But I recommend stretching after you have warmed up or even at the end of your exercise routine is a great time to put everything through a full stretch. Now, I know that may be contrary to what a lot of you have done historically where you stretched before you exercise. I start exercising very slowly I kind of get warmed up with all of the routines I do, whether I'm walking or whatever. I, I don't start out walking at my very top brisk pace. I work my way up to that. Exercise physiologists uh, recommend, um, and they have clear physiology to back all of this up, that we stretch afterwards. In other words, stretching a cold muscle puts a lot of stress on the muscle tendon and tendon bone junctions. kind of sets us up for injury if we do it that way. I tell all my golfers the that I treat the same thing. Most of them will go out there and they get a, a longer golf club out and they do a whole series of stretches and then they hit some balls at the range and then they play golf. I say, well, you're doing everything correct except switch those two things around. Hit golf balls first, warm up slowly, hitting your pitching wedge and start with half wedge swings and work your way up into your longer irons. When you're warmed up, then do those same golf stretches that you did prior to hitting golf balls. It's just a little bit better way of doing it. All right, we have endurance, strength, flexibility, and the last part of it uh, is balance. Balance is one of those things that I see a lot of my patients as they start to get older um, that's, uh, that starts to suffer a little bit. Um, it's another area that's neglected by most folks, especially the younger crowd. But it's really, really uh, an important aspect of that. Our brain communicates through a vast network of nerves uh, to specific balanced muscles. Your brain also has to receive signals back from the joints and muscles of the body telling the brain what position we're in. Um, when we're sitting or standing up, thousands of signals are being sent and received from the brain, causing continual contraction and relaxation of specific muscle groups to keep us upright while we're sitting or standing. As we age, those signals, signals start to become a little sluggish, and the result is that we become unstable. There's also some inner ear issues that can contribute to this balance issue as well. But balance exercises simply stimulate those neural pathways and the muscle groups kind of tightening up some of those sluggish signals. Balance exercises, again, are designed to challenge the balance mechanism. They include uh, putting yourself in a variety of positions, such as standing on one leg, uh, using a wobble board, uh, putting yourself in challenging positions. Now, do not attempt this without instruction and assistance, especially if you know your balance is not good. You put yourself in challenging positions, you're easily going to fall and cause injury, which is the opposite of what we want to do. But I, I kind of mentioned this and I wanted you to be aware that if you are having balance issues, there is some things that you can do for that to improve 
your overall balance. Well, that's some of the amazing benefits of a proper exercise program. Let me give you a couple other tips as we kind of wrap this up today. Find someone uh, that you can exercise with. Uh, you may find someone who maybe they can't exercise with you every day or they just want to do certain aspects of what you do. Let's say you want to get into a regular uh, walking program and you have a person that wants to walk with you or go biking with you. Maybe they don't want to do some of the other exercises that you do, um, but find someone that maybe can participate with you in a variety of your exercise. Some days you're going to want to exercise, they aren't, and other days you may not want to, and they're going to call you and say, hey, come on, let's go. Wear proper clothing, especially footwear. Uh, most shoes don't have proper arch support, so I recommend orthotics or arch supports in your exercise shoes. Uh, these custom orthotics kind of are made to your foot and your shoe. If you're exercising um, and you have any type of foot issue, you know, that could unknowingly be causing a knee problem, a hip problem, and a back problem if your foot is unbalanced. So I recommend proper footwear with orthotics. Most chiropractors can, can uh, make a set of orthotics for you. We make them all the time for our patients. Uh, don't get too hung up on your vitals. I mentioned that you should get a complete physical and know what your weight is, what your blood pressure is, etc. Uh, but only check them maybe once a month or, or every other month or so. If you're consistent with your exercise, those things are going to improve. But if you check it every single day, that fluctuation will drive you crazy, and I, and I really don't recommend it. If you're sticking to your program and consistently do it, those vitals are going to improve. Don't ignore taking care of uh, those musculoskeletal issues, uh, the back pain, the knee issue, the shoulder problem, and, and don't try exercising through that. There's a good chance you're going to make that issue worse. There may be a, a day or, or, or maybe even a week when you're traveling, when you know, boy, I, I can't do my regular routine. Well, I, there's a lot of activities that you can do that you can keep moving. Uh, one year, my wife and I went on a cruise, the, the, the last place in the world you want to go to try to maintain your exercise program. Uh, typically, you eat your way through the week. But we, we purposely had a, a cabin that was kind of low in the boat and, and in the middle. And instead of taking the elevator, we took the stairs every day. Everywhere we went, we took the stairs. We actually lost weight on a cruise, although I think we probably ate about twice as much as we normally would. But we just stayed active. Park uh, further out in a parking lot. If you're going uh, upstairs in a, in a building, take the, take the stairs instead of the elevator. Just stay as active as you can. If you have grandkids, get down on the ground. Play with those grandkids. Play with your kids. Say, hey, let's go for a walk. Just do things to get moving, even if you can't do your particular routine. So I hope all of this has, has helped. In my Vibrant Lifestyle program that I'm building, we're going to have multiple exercise programs that I had mentioned. Um, for the beginner, for the kind of intermediate, and for the advanced, they're going to be multifaceted, take you through every step of the program. Uh, but you'll be notified when we get this uh, Vibrant Lifestyle program completed. I think it's going to be uh, very, very exciting. Well, next week, uh, we're going to jump into essential oils, what they're all about, uh, what are they used for, and, and how do you use them. Uh, they're relatively new, although they've been around for thousands of years, but you probably have heard more and more about them. i got a lot of patients that ask me about essential oils. So we're going to cover that because many of the different principles that uh, are in my vibrant lifestyle can be benefited by utilizing essential oils. So until next week, we thank you for tuning in.